0: Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson.
1: But let me tell you about the child. Let me tell you about the child. We've seen the woman. We've seen how this woman gives birth to the child because of God's hand and is preserving all the way through the Bible. He has preserved and kept the woman. And he is going to be faithful and meet his covenant promises to Israel just as he was faithful in the New Testament church. Just as he is faithful. By the way, this woman is not the church. Some have thought that possibly she is. But the church is the bride of Christ. We're going to see her later on in this book. We're going to see the bride of Christ and the marriage supper of the Lamb. In Revelation chapter 11, And we saw how the two witnesses were caught up. And there was a great judgment and rewards were given to the saints. I don't think we're here. This last three and a half years, God is going to watch over and control and take care of Israel because of His covenant promises. So now the child, she gives birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all of the nations with a rod of iron. It's interesting because when it says that He will rule, the word means to shepherd, to pastor to give guidance, to feed, to lead, to guard, carries all of that idea. However it is a rod of iron, it is a resolute leadership. So we see God's grace and His mercy here in these words that He is going to rule because He doesn't rule with, I'm going to do it my way, but when judgment comes When there must be a judgment, it is swift and it is sure and it is right. God's grace even here is seen. God's mercy even here is seen in this child. And we know who the child is. We know that he is the Christ. We know that he is the overcomer. But remember, we're looking at Satan's history here. And let's go on in verse 13. Now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, He persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle. That she might fly into the wilderness to her place. Where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time. Notice three and a half years right there. From the presence of the serpent. Verse 15. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman. That he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of its mouth and the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. There are going to be thousands of Jews that received Christ during this time. Thousands that turn, thousands that come and receive the Lord. And how do we know that? Well, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. They loved not their lives to the death. If you haven't underlined that in your Bible, highlight it. If you've got phone Bible, you can highlight it right there and mark it. Remember that, that they loved not their lives even to the death. How wonderful, how beautiful! What a great picture! But woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Woe to those who are on the earth. And now we look in Revelation chapter 13. Because the dragon was wrath. He was filled with wrath. He was filled with with horror. He is filled with trying to reach out and get this woman Israel. And he's going to do all that he can to destroy her. But you see, there are places even in the wilderness. Like There's a couple of pictures of Petra. Petra is in Edom, in, out in the wilderness. And I don't know that God's going to use Petra. But you know, Christians have been hiding Bibles there, thinking that Israel is going to flee to this place, that Israel's is going to go to this place. The entrance is tiny, it's small. One, two people can only enter in. And then as you enter in, there are great edifices that have been carved into the canyons, into the rocks. Whether that's where Israel goes, there are many that believe that that's where they'll flee, but we don't know. We do know the hand of God will be upon them and will carry them and will take them and care for them all through this tribulation, all through this great tribulation period. He's going to watch over them and take care of them and provide everything that they need. And when Satan is doing all that he can to destroy the woman again, just as we talked about how in 1882 the Russians committed trying to destroy them, in 1884 the infamous affair where they blamed the Jews for every problem in Europe. Over and over and over. We have seen where they. Satan is attacking Israel and he's going to attack them once more. He's going to come after them with full fury. But we know who's in charge. We know who's in control. That takes us to chapter 13. We have the beast rising from the sea. Because there is coming a day that all Israel will be saved, Romans 11 tells us. But here they're carried away on two wings of a great eagle. So apparently God is going to allow and carry them off to this prepared place. You know the Israelis are a very resourceful people. They are very careful And I am sure that they will have things prepared so that apparently as they fly there, I don't know whether it will be an eagle or whether it will be, as John saw it, he didn't know how to explain a great transport plane. I don't know how God's going to do it. I do know He's going to do it. I know that that's what it says. He's going to do it exactly like He said He's going to do it and He's going to take care of it, and somewhere they'll be flying off, and God's going to preserve them and take care of them, because He has a special place for the woman. And so now the beast arrives in chapter 13, Then I saw on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and his great authority. And I saw one of the heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all of the world marveled and followed the beast." All of this world is going to say, here's the beast. This is Antichrist. Understand that Antichrist here is a person, but it's also a system. They are related together. They're difficult to separate because here it talks about he has seven heads, ten horns, and on his horn ten crowns. In other words, there's a confederacy, there is an agreement, there is some kind of a coming together where all of these are working together to carry out a political system, a military system. But behind it is one man. And behind that one man is one demon that we've called that old dragon that was introduced in chapter 12. He is behind it, he's doing it, he's showing himself as that great dragon, but he's giving power to this beast of the sea who has one that is wounded and looks like he dies and is raised up. Interesting how Satan always tries to imitate God. We see that he is going to have this evil trinity but he also wants to falsify and make it look like here is a great man and he's killed but they raise him back up following the example of Jesus Christ, following the example of our Lord, how he died, he was crucified buried, and hell couldn't hold him back. That's the child that we looked at in chapter 12. And now we see this false Christ, this false one, this false prophet that's going to be on the scene. And he has a wound, but it looks like he's been raised up. In other words, saying, oh, death can't hold me back. There is nothing that can get me. There is nothing that can affect me. And he has the power of Satan behind him. There's great power there. There's mighty power. And remember as we closed out chapter 12. Satan knows that he has a little time. And his wrath has come upon the earth. He's going to do all that he can. But in verse 5 it says. He was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And was given authority to continue for 42 months. There's the three and a half years again. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme His name, His tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted to Him to make war with the saints and overcome them. And authority was given Him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. And all who dwell on the earth will worship Him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Hi. Give me a moment to update you with a bit of information. You can reach us now at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. You can also reach us at P.O. Box 837-837. Valley Springs, California 95252 Please contact us with comments, questions, or to receive handouts and printed material. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, back to the podcast. Satan is doing everything that he can. He is over all of the world and everybody is going to bow down and they're going to worship. Do you remember back in Daniel's day? When King Nebuchadnezzar set up a great image, and everybody he said, When you hear the sound of the harp and the sackbut and all of the great instruments, everybody must bow down. And everyone did, except for three Hebrew young men. Amen. They stood alone. There is coming a time when there will be Christians, there will be those that probably are Jews that have accepted Jesus Christ, and they will not bow down, and it cost them their life. It's interesting and it's important for us to have that kind of a resoluteness in our life. That whatever comes, and usually persecution in our day, in our age, it's not coming that they're going to kill us. But maybe they just say, you believe that book? You believe that storybook? You believe the Bible? You believe that a a whale swallowed a man and then spewed him up three days? You really believe that? You believe God spoke in the world? Where's your mind? you thinking? You see, that's the kind of persecution we might be standing against. And that's where we have to stand up instead of saying, wait, no. I know these things are true and are fact. By the way, what we're reading here will be in the pages of the newspapers soon. (laughs) I don't know when this is coming, but it's coming and it will be headline news. This great man was killed, look, he's raised up. That will be headline news. Why? How do we know it? Satan knows that he has a little time. He is going to do all that he can for any that call on the name of Christ to destroy them. He's going to do all that he can, but they love not their lives even to the death. Now there's another beast in verse 11 of chapter 13, the beast from the earth. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence and caused the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performed, here's the word again, great signs, mega signs, so that he Even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Do you remember the prophet Elijah? Do you remember that this is a a lightning back to that? How they stood on the Mount Carmel and they said, "Let's see whose God is real." And the 450 prophets, they're crying out to their God. They're cutting themselves. They're in a frenzy. They're saying, oh, our God's going to hear. And we talked about how they built the altar. And they took, after three and a half years, 12 pictures. Talked about that last week. But fire came down. Well, here... Satan has learned, and he gives power to this false beast, the beast of the earth. This is the false prophet. So we have Satan, the great dragon, we have the beast of the sea, the Antichrist, and we have his false prophet. There's the evil trinity for you. They're all spelled out here, and he's going to cause all to worship the Antichrist. And they're really worshiping Satan. And he was given power, was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand and on their foreheads, so that no one may buy or sell except one that has the mark or the name of the beast. Or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Six, six. Three sixes. Three is a number of completeness. It's the number where we know of the triune God. Six is the number of man. Incompleteness. Not quite fullness. Seven is a number of God. Seven is a number of completeness, of fullness. But here, this one is almost there. It has the appearance of having everything. It looks like the real thing. And I don't know what that number is going to be. I don't know if they're going to be putting a 666 there. I've heard people say they're going to be implanting chips there. We already have chips that we put in our animals, right? So that we know all we have to do is scan them. And, you know, with our ATM cards or uh, you know, our bank cards, I'm amazed how little cash we carry anymore. Because you really don't need it, you can just have your card and everywhere you go, everybody takes it. You don't take my ATM card? What? You don't take my bank card? <laughs> you see how, how easy it would be to go from here to there. And how easy it would be because of computer fraud and things like that, that well, if we'll just make this your own personal, there won't be any hacking. They can't get your numbers anymore. You see how easy it would be. And we move no more black market, no more money for the drugs. There won't be any more cash. We'll go to a cashless society. I could see how those things could be. I've heard the arguments. I know all of those arguments how they've come about. So we've seen several characters. We saw the woman. We saw the dragon. We saw the child. We saw Michael. And we see a remnant. We see a remnant in all of this. Israel flees from this evil trinity. And God is there. The three angels begin to proclaim in chapter 14. There's 144,000 that sing a new song. Do you know, and we'll get into this more next week, Lord willing. Angels chant. Now I was raised Roman Catholic. And we used to go into the big church building. And we used to do... You have given us bread from heaven in the name of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? We get to, because we're redeemed, we know, we sing songs like, I have entered His courts with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter His courts with praise. You see the difference? Because of your redemption, because of God's grace, because of His mercy in your life, you can sing out, what joy, what mercy, what what is upon my life. But the angels don't have that. So every word, even though it may be translated sing, the word is chant. When the angels stand before the throne of God, they chant, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The 24 elders stand there and they chant. It's the same word. Who is worthy to open the, the seals? Who is worthy? And they chant. But the redeemed sing. Because there's joy. And they're given heart. These aren't angels. These are redeemed people that are standing before the throne of God. And they sing a song that no one could learn except them glory. Now we've seen all that Satan could do by throwing everything he could at them but God, God is seen as oh look at these 144,000 these are the ones verse 4 says these are the ones who were not defiled with the women for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men being first fruits to God and to the lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne. What a concept. And we've seen the false prophets. We've seen the Antichrist, who is blasphemy, who is strong in, in his language and all against God. But here we have the 144,000, those that we saw in chapter 7. God's taken care of them, God's taken them up. There is no deceit in their mouth. They speak truth, they speak life. Three angels, in closing. Angels, by the way, don't usually preach the gospel. But in verse 6, we have an angel with an everlasting gospel to preach to those who inhabit on the earth. Why Why is an angel preaching the gospel? Because the church is gone. We're not here. That's our job. The New Testament church was given a commission to go and to preach the gospel into all of the world. We are told to go and to preach, but God in His grace and in His loving mercy, even though all of these people are looking after and serving and and worshiping the false prophet and the beast, God gives them another opportunity. Where if you won't hear me, maybe you'll listen to my angel. Maybe you'll hear an angel and the angel flies through. And then, and we'll pick up on next week, because then the sickle comes in. And God begins to separate and He begins to take His harvest and He begins to follow and He begins to take them. You see that in chapter 14 and verse 14. Then I looked and behold a white cloud and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle and another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud thrust in your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe so he who sat on the cloud thrust in the sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped and then we get the word want to know where the term grapes of wrath come from it comes from the scripture comes from this next or 17 through the end of that chapter where the great wine press is given. So now the third angel comes and the wrath of God is upon them. They're being pressed the grapes of God's wrath. We're going to pick up, we're going to talk more about these, but I want to close out thinking about Bible prophecy. I want to close out with this idea that we have a reason to believe. We know that these things are true, We know these things are so that we've just read. We know that they're going to be on the pages of the headlines one of these days. They're going to be big news. We're gonna see it. Well, we will be gone, but it's coming. It's going, it's sure, it's coming. You realize that Jesus Christ fulfilled over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament, 300. Word for word, he fulfilled them. Some of them written a thousand years, some 700 years before. Why is it? effectual and right for us to continue on that we love not our lives even to the death. Why? Because we know that the Word of God is true.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue. That's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at ministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.